eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner live here at Memorial Stadium where Illinois ends a two-game slide with a win, 23-17 over Florida Atlantic. But boy, this one was closer than comfort for Illinois. Get down 10 to nothing. And the way I look at this, Joey, it was kind of a, a weird game in that there are a lot of things that will lose you games in the Big Ten based on what they played today. O-line play, concerning, turnovers, more of them, penalties, failing to finish drives, but there are also some really encouraging signs, including your quarterback, your freshman stepping up in a big way. Plus, you overcame a 10-0 deficit in the first quarter. Uh, but I'll say it, this has not yet looked like a definite bowl team. And I don't think today is going to make everyone go, oh, yeah, everything is fixed. This is supposed to be a get-right game. I don't know if they got right, but they did get away. Yeah, I don't think they got wrong either. So like, what's the balance? Of, like, honestly, I don't know. We thought this was going to be a bigger spread by the end of the game. We thought Illinois was going to be able to kind of assert itself in the trenches. That really didn't hold true. We can get to that later. I guess in not every sense it didn't hold true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that you leave this feeling better or worse than you came into this, but but they needed it. Or they needed a loss here, and it's just, I mean, it's chaos, right? But, yeah, I don't know that they fully got right. And I, that is, I don't know if it's concerning, but it's you, if you're Illinois, you would have liked to really – kind of put it all together there. Yeah, and I, I talked to Brett. I asked Brett Buma about that. Like, nothing has come easy yet for this team. What do you think of your team going into eight straight Big Ten games over the next nine weeks? Here's what he had to say. Uh, you know, we, we lost some good players a year ago, but we lost some good voices. Um, uh, you know, obviously the draft takes guys all the time, but sometimes those those voices and critical moments, those leadership things are are things that only get, only get tested through fire, right? And uh, I've heard more guys talk this week. I heard Isaiah... Adams talk. I heard you know some of the defensive guys that weren't weren't uh, guys that spoke in the past speak up and say things. Um, had a couple guys get chesty with each other on the sideline today, which is good, right? I think anytime you have people that are pushing each other, iron sharpens iron, you know, and I think that's a positive thing. But uh, I like where this group is at. I thought our special teams, David Alano, you guys have seen his leg a little bit, but he's got a big leg, and to come in and have that uh, uh, kickoff responsibility was huge. Uh, Caleb uh, obviously struggled with the one PAT, but. 
went back right with him on that field goal, and it was good to see him hit that one. But I think we got a lot of depth. Um, I don't know if is going to be pretty with this crew, but I think they, they, they're going to play tough, gritty uh, uh, football. There was a couple, um, per, you know, some fouls that went against us. We got to clean up and get on top of it. But I thought overall, I thought they played a pretty clean game. Yeah, and that, that's fine. Like not playing pretty for me, Joey, is kind of what we expected out of this team. We, we expected the strength to be in the trenches and and figure it out, the skill players as they go along. And, and Illinois did have 500 plus yards. There were some pretty offensive plays, yet FAU was within six at the end of this game, uh, four minutes ago. Illinois able to milk it away. Uh, but the fact that you know you're six points better than Ford Atlantic is is concerning uh, going into Big Ten play. The fact that they came back, found a way to win. And number one, the number one storyline coming into this game was how would Luke Altmaier respond? He responded in a big way. I thought he was fantastic. I know the competition level wasn't as high as, as what he's seen so far this year, but to throw for 303 yards, a passing touchdown, no interceptions, that rushing touchdown ended up big. He made some big plays, that Griffin Moore flea flicker. He avoided pressure. He was trying to avoid pressure a lot today, uh, given some offensive line struggles. And, and he said, you know, Brett Bielma um, called him. Right Saturday said, you're still the starter. You're still a guy. I think that mattered a lot to him. Uh, we'll have a story on Luke Altmaier later today. But Barry Loney moving to the sideline in part to just, you know, have his – be able to look Luke Altmaier in the eye and calm him down a little bit. The coaching staff did a really good job with Luke, and I think Luke just showed a lot of mental toughness, bouncing back from the worst game of his life. And, and right now, Penn State is the outlier, right? I know that's the best defense you play. It might be the best defense you play all year. Uh, Minnesota's pretty good, but – that might be the best defense you play all year. And, and Luke Altmaier has been a huge bright spot in three or four games so far. Yeah. I, I think we need to like step back and just like hear what we're saying. When we say that like the coaching staff did X, Y, and Z for Luke, like I, I don't want to paint this as like Luke's a guy who needs all of this stuff to happen after a bad game or things don't go his way. And I know that's not what you're saying, but I think it's four, three enforcing the, the thing is, is you still four picks in a game and your fourth start ever like that. You, and you, you kind of had a rocky road at Ole Miss, right? So I think that all of that stuff factors into to calling him on Saturday night and and for his teammates to kind of show like, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Like, let's let's move on. And I think that helped him. Like, you, you could tell. I know you spent a little more time with him today, Jeremy, than I did. But you could tell, like, that stuff matters. And when you're – he's he talked about it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm still getting all these reps. I'm still kind of basically admit, like, yeah, I've not done this a lot, right? And it's not a – earth-shattering admission he hasn't done this a lot so I think to be able to quickly turn the page like that and I wondered coming in was it going to be like a lot of short kind of intermediate passes just to let him see a couple go from his hand to a receiver's hand and they they dialed up some stuff for him and and the offensive line didn't help him a lot in a lot of ways and he showed some some poise and, and some that, that competitiveness to go out and make some of those plays and and kind of turn that page a little bit I thought that was a really really important thing if we're sticking some, with some positive Joey's, um, Tyler Strain got hurt at one point in this game. Taz Nicholson did not play in the second half. Brett Bielema said those guys should be back, so it doesn't sound like anything too serious for those guys. I think Taz Nicholson's been playing really well since he stopped penalties, right? Like since they stopped the penalties. Um, but to have Zach Toby come in and have three pass breakups and really shut down his side of the field, especially in the red zone, and Sabor Cream to come in and, and play in that dime package. And then we'll get into some of the other freshmen here. Uh, Aiden Lawfrey making a big impact, that big 20-yard run, then a two-yard touchdown. Caden Fagan coming in and helping them. Malik Elsey got his time, two straight drops, was not very positive. That's part of why uh, fresh, two freshmen struggled to get some of the uh, the trust from their staff. But 
to see those guys step up and, and give you some meaningful, significant plays, Joey, uh, was big for this team. And I saw our boy Ryan Easterling tweet that there's a semi-youth movement with the team. I think that you just see there is talent there. Like this staff is, is recruiting some talent. There's some areas they need to recruit more talent. We'll get into that here with some of the negatives. But some of those young, you know, highly ranked DBs, Zach Toby was a big flip from North Carolina. We know Malik Elzey and Caden Fagan were – Support Kareem, four-star composite guy, one of my favorite guys in the class. Those guys really shined today and showed their talent, their length, their size, their athleticism. Yeah, I think it, it also gives you – look, I mean, there's been times, even really last year at certain positions and, and certainly much further back that, you know, someone would say, oh, so-and-so is struggling, bench him. And you're like, okay, who? Like, who's a better alternative? And I'm not saying Toby and, and Kareem are better alternatives necessarily, but to go out there and hold their own – Maybe she gives that coaching staff trust if a player's struggling, then hey, we, we got somebody ready to go or an injury. I mean, we've seen those pile up now in the secondary and the safety room this year and, and a little bit today, obviously, at corner, though those don't look long term. I think it gives you more options and it gives you more playable guys in the heat of moments that can help. And they're going to struggle, right? I, I think, I don't think any of us think Zachary Toby in his next rep isn't, you know, he might face moments of struggle because that's what freshmen do. And it, it's hard to do this as a freshman, but that was an encouraging sign. And you look at a guy like Caden Fagan, uh, redshirt freshman, Aiden Lawford, but he hasn't played, right? It's not like he got his four games, really. So I think there were some encouraging signs with those guys, just different options, different options. If a guy's struggling out in one game, that doesn't mean a forever bench. But if, if I mean, we've seen Josh McCray, he had a good game today, but not necessarily yeah. going in. Like if they're struggling in a game, then, then try something, that, maybe a little more confidence to try something different. Also, she mentioned David Alano getting in on kickoffs. So Caleb Griffin struggling a little bit. The staff uh, showed Caleb Griffin some some confidence after missing the extra point, and he came through with a big 44-yard field goal. But it felt like if he was missing that, David Alano might come in as well. Uh, let's get to some of the, the real big concerns here, Joey, and it has to be the offensive line, particularly the right side of the offensive line. Uh, Isaiah Adams, I think, is a better guard than the tackle. Mm-hmm. I think that's showing up. Uh, I, I don't want to. I, I don't like pointing out one guy. But Zy Chrysler continues to really struggle. It is apparent to anybody watching these games, even in the run game. Uh, maybe it got better in the second half, and certainly Illinois was better in the second half. But the first half, he really struggled in the run blocking, had a really bad what, holding penalty uh, that wiped out that great Luke Altmaier touchdown pass mm-hmm. to Pat Bryant. It was critical. That's a critical, critical penalty. Uh, but that right side needs needs to get right. Um, they, they are struggling. I was kind of shocked that – Jordan Slaughter didn't come in and, and relieve Chrysler at one point, but the offensive line was was not good in the first half, especially run blocking was my biggest concern. There certainly were some past things they gave up that sack late in the half that just can't happen. You were close to getting points there, but this offensive line has not been nearly as good as you got. They'll probably get another D grade from me. They've gotten that or around that in, in every game so far this year. Uh, the offensive line is really underwhelmed and, and going into Big Ten play, uh, Dominic pointed out, yeah, Iowa is probably the best defense they will they will play remaining. I think Penn State and Iowa are, are those two. Uh, it's going to be get a lot harder on, on that defensive front. So it was encouraging in the second half. You're able to run the ball 8.3 yards per carry, but in the first half only getting 2.4 yards per carry. That's not the identity of this team, and it's why they continue to get down early. 10 nothing deficit here early, Joey. And part of that's what you weren't able to get points on that first drive. I would have kicked the field goal on fourth and three, but – not able to sustain drives because the offensive line struggles for the most part. Yeah, it's the same thing today. And, and the thing I thought that was interesting today 
was we had seen previously Jordan Slaughter come in for Zy Chrysler in kind of those moments, like a drive here, a drive there. We saw him come in for Josh Geske today, and, and notably not Zy Chrysler. So I, I just wonder, you know, was Illinois trying to – is there like a confidence rebuilding thing they're trying to do with him to let him go out there and get through those reps and kind of work through it at a position he's more familiar with? I don't know, but, I mean, you can't continue to do that as you go into – the, the Big Ten, the meat of the Big Ten schedule here. So I, I don't know. I, what's the answer there? Because I, I'm with you. It looked like Isaiah Adams is a better guard. And I, I'm curious. I mean, we'll, we'll talk to Bart Miller on Wednesday. What's the, the actual transition from going from that left side where he's played his whole collegiate you know, Big Ten career, right, and going over to the right side? That's not an excuse. But I, like, I just – I don't know what those are. You and I didn't play offensive line, Jeremy, on the Big Ten. But well, I, Joe, I, Joe, I, but like, is, what are your options, right? Like, I think Jordan Slaughter is somebody who's should be a very, very loud and present option for you at, at the guard spot. Is Hunter Whitenecker a guy? Is Zach Barlev a guy? I just, I, I thought it was interesting that we didn't see the rotations this game that we usually had. Yeah, I was just shocked in the trust they had in, in Chrysler and not giving Slaughter maybe even a series. I'm not saying just completely bench Chrysler because he does have good moments, but uh, he struggled this year. Um, so. I'm interested to see where, where they go from here with that because it's got to get better. Brett Bielman mentioned it. Like, we, we got to protect our quarterback uh, better. But for me, it was it's the run game struggling to get going. Yeah. They got going in the second half. I'm, I'm interested to watch film there. But that's something that you really struggle to fix in recruiting right away. Brett Bielman mentioned it two years ago going into the Penn State game. There was a big Boyd. Well, Zy Crystal and Isaiah Adams have stepped in the Boyd. Uh, Desmond Schuster is not available yet. We need to follow up on him, by the way. Um, but, yeah, like those guys, they had to go to the JUCO route. And they're developing some of those guys. But clear, you know, they think Zy Chrysler is one of their best five linemen by far. Um, but that, that's a concern because, you know, you got to get better up front if you're Illinois, the way that this team's supposed to play. And the way Luke Altmyer has played, despite this poor offensive line play or subpar offensive line play, uh, is encouraging. But you just wonder what he could be if, if he was just protected consistently and they could – established a run game consistently. Yeah, it's been a really good thing for Illinois that Luke Altmyer is as mobile as we've seen him be, because if not, then some of those sacks probably pile up. The strip sack, he probably could have gotten rid of it a little earlier uh, before that strip sack comes. But yeah, that's that's my biggest concern about this football team right now is the offensive line. I wouldn't have believed it if you told me that in July. Yeah. Or really even August, but it's it's clunky. It's really clunky. And we. I wondered what it was going to look like with the full week. I, I also thought it was interesting that they moved when they made that switch ahead of Penn State with Adams and Chrysler and, and Geske. That happened on a Wednesday. So, I mean, did they go into Tuesday wanting to see if they could work on it and, and not? And so you thought, okay, a whole week, what's it going to look like? And it didn't look much better, right? Just yeah. it, it truly didn't look better. Uh, the second half, obviously, as you mentioned, they were able to get going a little bit on the ground. And that's what this team is. That's what this team needs to be as a team that can – pick up some of those yards on the ground. And it's not all on the line. There's some burst. You know, I know we talked during the game, the first half the running backs could have shown a little bit more burst at certain times, but the offensive line didn't set them up for success a lot of the time in that first half, and, and it put Illinois in a hole. I was texting with Jay Lehman during the game, and, and one of the things is missed blocks, missed tackles. You know, LeJonte Wester got going. He's the one guy. I kept saying, got, this is the guy you got to guard. Um, and he's a phenomenal player. They, they kept him from going off, you know, with these big – touchdown which is fine but um he really got going it's just these self-inflicted these penalties joey like it corrected it last week on the defense but the penalties really hurt him again today the chrysler one really hurt 
these are the things you got to eliminate if you're going to win Big Ten games. Because, you know, if they play like this against Purdue, they'll lose, especially on the road. They play this way against Nebraska. They could lose. Like, um, they got to clean that stuff up. The turnovers and penalties that the Hank Beatty fumble was a crusher. Uh, the, the strip sack, I, I know he was sacked, but that was four seconds in the pocket for a call. He's got to get rid of the ball or run. Um, those are things you got to take out uh, of your game and you got to learn from. You just can't sit in the pocket that long. You got to feel it and you got to escape. So uh, those are the things they definitely, definitely have to clean up. Yeah, they do. And I, I'm fascinated to see what that looks like going in. Going into Purdue, and I, I don't know. I see. I just want to like someone's asked about all the basically all the redshirt <laughs> freshmen, offensive linemen. I mean, I get it, right? Like I, I understand, but at the same time, like they haven't played a single game. They they're, they're still redshirt freshmen. I in an ideal world, you don't necessarily care to have that. Do you try it? I mean, is that a button you try? I don't know. We don't see practice. I think White Neck is close. I, I think he is. He's closer than anybody else in that conversation, but there's well, still... For us, it's slaughter. Like, I, I just didn't understand why yeah, he didn't play that's more. that's the one for me. Um, you know, Barlev a, a little bit, or, or Whitenack. I, I thought we might see a little bit of that, just to, just to get a glimpse, um, because I, I just thought your guy was struggling enough, or your guys were struggling enough, that you might want to see somebody else at guard. Um, tackle's a problem. Like, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a problem. I don't think Isaiah Adams is, is a great tackle. I think those guys need some chip help. But, I mean... Tackles are going to give up some sacks probably at some point. They're going to get beat every once in a while. So, But Pearl and Adams have not been as good as we expected. I don't know if they've really helped their NFL draft stock so far, so those guys have to improve as well. But for me, it's, it's really that interior. you, you got to clean up. Like, Kruitz has been really consistent, really consistent. Um, but uh, you, you got to get better at those, those experienced guys. you got to get more out of them. You do. I mean, I thought, I thought Adams was fine at guard. Fine. I mean, not perfect, right? I, I don't know that he was necessarily exactly like sending a stock to the moon at guard, but I, I thought he was fine. And I just don't look, looks like a guy who doesn't have a lot of right tackle reps. And I think that's, you know, that's a problem. geski has been pretty up and down, right? We've talked about everybody but him. He's been pretty up and down as well. Uh, Kruitz, Kruitz has been pretty stable for you, man. And that's the biggest question, right? We had all off season center. That guy's been about your more, your most stable offensive lineman through four games. All right, let's uh, dive into some of these questions our uh, guy Isaac Ambrose has, and we'll dive into some listener questions as well. But let's hear from some of our sponsors first. Homefield, they're a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150-plus colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique, guys, because they delve into the archives and history of each school, including Illinois and these unique logos and iconic moments create thoughtfully designed apparel. So if you go to homefieldapparel.com, you can see the 80s Illini football helmet that so many you like, flying Illini logo, the Illinois basketball logo from the 2004-2005 Illini team, the script Illini is there. And you guys, these are the most comfortable shirts. And that's what I love about Homefield Apparel. You get the comfort, but you also get authenticity and nostalgia. So I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their collection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners at Illini Inquire get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. Again, 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with discount code Illini23. So as you go to Illinois football games, get ready for the Illinois basketball season, 
Home Field Apparel is the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's get to uh, some Isaac Ambrose, our producer's questions that he has for us every game. One word to define this game, Joey. Mine would be struggle. Nothing's coming easy for this team. Uh, and, and they put themselves behind the eight ball here. And just even the struggle to put them away. Illinois was by far the better team for the final three quarters, right? Like they, they outgained FAU like 400 to 200 over the last three quarters. They just couldn't put them away. Uh, and I just think, you know, not being able to sustain those drives offensively, get off the field defensively on some of those third downs late in the game, just felt like a big struggle against Ford Atlantic from the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, I would say rocky. I mean, it was rocky. There were times that the offense had moments, you know, okay, that looks good. The defense, I thought, really, really bailed out Illinois in critical times down in that red zone after turnovers. I mean, I, the, the defense played pretty well in, at stretches, but we just haven't seen sustained, right? Like, it's, just, it's not just this game. It's all four games. You haven't seen this team. Like, offensively, has there been a quarter – Jeremy, at all this year, quarter and a half, that you really felt like they were humming along? I, I don't feel like I remember much of those. Second quarter today was pretty good. They got that tempo going. Uh, Altmaier was dealing. More for those Malik Elzey drops, it felt like they could have scored 20 um, in that second quarter. In the third quarter, they were pretty decent. But, yeah, that's that's about as good as they've looked. But sustain that. Get into the fourth quarter and score. Um, we can bring up the Caden Fagan. I would have scored. <laughs> I think some gamblers would, would appreciate it if he would have scored. I guess he still would have been uh, – still wouldn't have made the – I guess the teaser bet he still would have gotten for the spread. But uh, I would have rather just scored because one fumble um, on, on the kneel down and, and maybe you're giving FAU a chance to win the game. I would have been concerned about that. But um, you just you weren't able to sustain that. And, and that's that's what you're looking for at some point. But, hey, fourth – Four-minute drive at the end was really encouraging. And, and we got to mention Josh McCray. Nice bounce-back performance from him. Especially, you saw where Josh McCray's value is. Late in games, wearing on opponents, 73 yards on 14 carries, five yards a pop. I thought he was the best back in the first quarter, uh, first half as well. Um, Reggie Love got that one big run. But I thought he looked a little hesitant. Obviously, Fagan and, and Aiden Lawfrey got involved in the second half. But I thought, I thought McCray looked like the bell cow that, that Bielma was so excited about. Let's see if he can carry that over in the Big Ten play. Yeah, he also had a couple catches. I thought that moved yeah. the chains and were important to what – just keeping some of the, that offense going there. I, yeah, I was encouraged by Josh McCray, and I don't think I had that on my bingo board 
coming into this game, uh, just given what we had seen for those first three games. But yeah, I, I'm lost or Fagan. Yeah, whatever. I get, I get it. You won the right? game. You won the game. Yeah, but yeah, man, I it's I feel like we haven't someone uh, laborious. Like sometimes watching this just laborious. That's a yeah. good word. I mean, that's that's a great word. Good word. I should save that one. <laughs> Illini star of the game. I mean, it's it's got to be Luke Altmaier. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Luke. I, I don't even know that I have. I almost thought Isaiah Williams because I thought great. his How about ability. That Moss. He, he made people miss too. Like the, one of his yeah. catches, I think he got up to 14 yards and, and he made a lot of people miss after the play. But it, it's Luke Altmeyer for, I don't know, maybe we're falling in love with the narrative, but I also thought he played a pretty darn good game of football. And if he wouldn't have wiped out, if Chrysler's penalty didn't wipe out, I mean, that was one of the prettiest throws I've seen a lot of quarterback make on that Pat Bryant one. Being able to dodge a defender on that Griffin Moore, that flea flicker looked like it was doomed. Uh, and then Luke Altmeyer makes a defender miss and, and makes that throw. Makes a great throw to Tip Ryman. How about the tight ends getting involved a little bit today? They're some of your most consistent pass catchers. So, I just thought Lunny had a pretty decent game today. To be oh, honest. Don't say that too loud. I know. I know. I, I thought, you know, Almeyer missed a couple throws to Isaiah Williams deep too, right? Like the deep shots are good. Maybe that's going to be more difficult in, in Big Ten play. But Purdue's been giving up some big plays. Nebraska can give up some big plays. So, um, I, I thought it was encouraging your passing game. In particular, uh, is, is there anybody else like Zach Toby would be in my if we did a three stars? Zach Toby, my, my third star, yeah, yeah, Toby Keith Randolph, too. Keith Randolph had the sack. I two tackles for me wants to give it to McCray because I thought he was so critical down the stretch, but to me, it's Toby. Toby is somebody that I, mean, I was really, really impressed by him. And we remember he came in and you and I were like, what in, what in the world's going on here? And he held up really well, all right. Offensive and defensive letter grades. You know, start with offense. C. It's so weird. They had 500 yards, but he only had 23 points. C plus C. I feel like a C. It's yeah, fine. And it, it's a game you wanted a B plus or an A against Ford Atlantic, right? So, uh, offensive line I think really drags that down. Some drop, some drops. The penalty wiping out a touchdown. I don't think we change it if Caden Payton goes in for a touchdown and they get 30. So, like, I, I consider them getting 30. So, yeah, I would say, like, C, C+. Plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. And because it should have been more, right? It's just – I still have these notes. And it's just, it just just drives at three and outs. I mean, it just drives that nothing worked at all. And that's it's concerning. Turnovers. The turnovers. The like turnovers are, are getting – In Atlantic territory. How would you grade the defense? B? Yeah, because they were again put in terrible situations. <laughs> How many they were, and, and that FAU drive at the end was like that ninety-seven yard drive was. I mean, you just don't want to see that right on, at home against a, a team that you, should, you just look better than in, in most aspects. But they also bailed them out. It's like they were put in bad situations and, and bailed them out. FAU helped with that. Some penalties, some disastrous experiences in the red zone didn't help them. Uh, but yeah, I think B is fine because. Sorry, Jeremy. I know you had a grade here. Uh, Lejonte Westers, the guy that you know you have to cover, and the guy comes up with 13 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. Like that, that is lead the country in yards, like receiving yards. <laughs> I mean, he's three straight hundred yard games. He's the only guy I watched on film. And the Cameron came back, and he's a really good player. They're running back. Uh, he didn't get going until late in the game, but um, Wester was the one guy, and, and they went man to man a lot, especially when those freshmen came in, just to make it easier on them. But Wester got open, man, and, and Xavier Scott, Tyler Strange struggled a little bit at times, but they battled. It's just that kid's good. Kids were really, really good. Uh, FAU's first two 
scoring drives were 24 yards after that Illinois after the strip sack, and they got a field goal out of it. That's a win for the defense. 38 yards after a long punt return and Hugh Robertson's late hit. Hugh, tone it down there, buddy. Uh, so th- those, yeah, you don't want to give up that 19-yard touchdown to Wester, but that's not a terrible defensive performance given what they were given. And then they had three straight stops inside the uh, red zone. So kudos to them. Turn the lights out on you, Joey? I don't know what happened. I've been kicked out of places before. <laughs> you need to get up and, and change it. That's fine. You look good, also, though. Also, I do want to say, like, someone's talking about the third down defense. Was, I mean, FAU was 6 of 17. We've seen – Late like, in the I, game. They, were, they were 2 of 10 at one point. It was late in the game, though. But, yeah, yeah. that was a bad drive. You can't give up a 90 – I mean, Hugh Robertson puns, pins him at the three, and you give up a 13-play, 97-yard drive. Not good. No, no. that Like, that punt should have been, for all intents and purposes, the end, right? All right. Um, what? Uh, so, uh, did we give them a B? The defense. I think that's pretty fair. They, they stopped the run for the most part, and not a lot of big plays uh, for Fort Atlantic until probably the end of the game. And boy, you saw Jeremiah Warren, Alex Bray playing on the defensive line. I think that defensive line was worn out, but the defensive line didn't get a lot of sacks. One of the gay back of sacks got wiped out because of a penalty, but. Um, I thought the defensive front shut down the run, and FAU was getting the ball out quick just to negate Illinois' pass rush. Yeah, and I wonder what that's going to mean moving forward because I think that's the answer. We've seen that be what, what teams try to do against Illinois, so I'm curious what's the, if the, what's the way to counter that because I, I don't think that's the last time they're going to see that. I, this is a tough question from our boy Isaac. What Come on, Isaac. What percentage of the offensive struggles are play calling? What percent is on the players? I thought the play calling was – pretty good today to be honest with you like I thought they had a lot of opportunities down the field he wanted to, he wanted to establish the run game and his offensive line really struggled to execute in the run game I thought the running backs really struggled early in the game I thought Reggie Love looked hesitant um Josh McCray had a solid start but Malik Elsley drops two balls like I thought today was more execution than play calling yeah and I know we talked about the play call that we kind of were like what was the Hank Beatty catching a very quick fumble that maybe you just want to run that. But it, it did seem to me like it was clear they didn't really – at a, somewhere in the stretch in the third quarter, they didn't feel like they really trusted their run game. And they, they were basically doing passes that were extension of runs. And I thought that was a pretty telling thing as well. Uh, most underperforming unit of the game, Isaac asks. I've yeah, it's the offensive game. line. Yeah. Uh, most encouraging outside of quarterback? Would you go DB or tight end there? Or running back? I, running back came to mind for me. Um, but you're kind of balancing all of this against like playing FAU, a team that had been dismantled. But I, I thought Aiden Lawfrey showed some – like I liked what I saw from him in those few carries. Josh McCray showed some bursts. Like I'll give running back. Like I, I think yeah. that's fine. I, I, they look better than I thought. Biggest play of the game slash momentum shift. Are we going the Griffin more flea flicker – when everything was looking lost and the panic alarm is sounding in Champaign. I can't see my notes. Are we going the wheel route to tip Ryman to be like, okay, they're going to take the lead. They'll be fine or they'll tie it. Or is it the Isaiah Williams bail us out of a bad drive on third and long, moss the guy? I think it's one of those big – the fact that they got big plays today, Joey. Um, they're four of their five longest plays of the season came to – part of that's probably opponent – but three passes of 40 yards, all the longest plays of the season in the past game, and then Reggie Love with a 61-yard run. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the Isaiah Williams play. They had just come off a sack. It's third and 13. At this point, you're up by three. It was 13 to 10 at that point in the third quarter. Caleb Griffin had missed the point after. At a, um, wasn't it 13 to 10? Oh, God. I think it was 14 to 10, but yeah. 14 to 10, yeah. And then he missed the point after on that one. So it's 14 to 10. You go 45 yards and you get a face mask on top of it. You move 60 yards on that play and ultimately set up the Aiden Lawfrey. 15-yard run, three-yard touchdown. I thought it was the Isaiah Williams play. Great question by Isaac. Most notable thing Bielma said post-game. I thought it was more on the radio because we listened to his radio call or his radio interview before. thought it was about getting young guys the ball, getting young faces in there, getting them the ball. I've been an honorable mention. I don't want to step on you because maybe this might be yours. It's, he said, we got to protect our quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's always kind of been this dance around him. It's clear that they need to protect the quarterback. Yeah, um, I, I thought the other part that was interesting was just I asked him, like, you know, talking about Luke Altmaier, and, and he he volunteered that he called Luke and reassured him. It was clear that he, he, was, he was still the starter. That's what he meant by it. But I followed up, and he, he did share, like, this was a, obviously a tough week, but I wanted him to know that, that we believed in him and we just had to correct things. He said, but I told him we can't do these certain things. And the fact that Luke Altmaier, I think, you know, really took that to heart. Um, and, and he said it was really uplifting when he got that call from BMO. So I thought those things were really interesting. But, yeah, I, I think when you hit on the offensive line's a problem. And, and Brett Bielema, I think, has basically said that the last couple of weeks. they got to fix that. And I'm interested to see if Bart Miller and Barry Loney and Brett Bielema get together and say, do we got to switch this up again? I don't think you want to keep switching this stuff. But I think you got to get some more guys in there, see if somebody can give you some competition. And see if anybody's better. Yeah, I feels like a bye week coming after Nebraska is a long time, right? Because ideally you would have one, you're going into the fifth game, maybe you get one more and you go into a bye week and, and you can tinker. Um, so I, I think that maybe factors in, but I also don't think you want musical chairs at, at offensive line. But at some point you, you might that choice might be made for you. Uh, at S, you didn't rate the special teams. Gave up some returns today. Yeah, haven't seen that uh, in a while. Missed an extra point. Probably a D, to be honest. I mean, Hugh was pretty good. Uh, David Alano was good on kickoffs. But the, the returns that they had and uh, the missed extra point, those are, I mean, that missed extra point could have come up huge. <laughs> like, what if Ford Atlantic scores a, a tying touchdown and then just needs an extra point to win? That would have been terrible. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we have, we have kind of a running joke that the Hugh Robertson over-under number we set every week is low. Time to raise that back up. He looked much better today, but the rest of it just wasn't what we had seen. For, for a unit that I think outside of last week with Hugh Robertson had been a plus this year with Robbie Disher leading the way there, and the, the return yardage was concerning. Uh, injury updates, Taz Nicholson. Don't know what it was. Brett B. almost said he should be back by Tuesday. I was thinking, like, oh, does that mean concussion if he left the game? Uh, but Brett Bielma say he should be back. Tyler Strain, I guess the medical guys took him out, so that always, I think, concussion. Uh, Tyler Strain, he came back in the game, right? He did, yeah. It, it didn't sound like he was serious either. And then Reggie Love had a, like a mild ankle sprain. Mild ankle um, sprain. So. Obviously, we'll follow up with those on Monday. I, I didn't get the sense out of that press conference that we're going to have news on Monday of, of, of long-standing injuries. Lon, not Lante, Lon Engel. So happy for the local kids that stepped up today. Shout out to Fagan, Lafrey, Barnes, and more. Yeah, Central Illinois 
showed up in this game. Griffin Moore getting involved in the passing game, I, I think, is really good and getting Tip Ryman involved there too. But uh, so it was good to have those local products shine. It was, yeah. And it, we talked to Aiden Lawfrey after. That was a big moment for him. Uh, the, the video's up on our YouTube channel. You can hear it in his voice. Remember, he's battled injuries. He hasn't scored. Our friend Brett Barron to WCIA made a good point to him. It's been a few years since that guy has been in the end zone. And it really mattered a lot for him today to get in there. And I, those two runs he made, Jeremy, were really, it showed burst. He showed wiggle. Those were like pretty encouraging runs from, from a guy that we had kind of overlooked and talking about Caden Fagan and obviously Reggie Love and can Josh McRae bounce back. I thought he looked pretty encouraging, all things considered. Well, we didn't overlook him in the offseason. Right. It's just he hasn't played a lot to this point. But, like, we wondered with Chase Brown gone, who's the explosive guy? Could Reggie Love be that? He had one, he's got the one run, but he still it seems like he's one kind of missed tackle away from that that big one. But Aiden Lawfrey showed on that that sweep and FAU probably should have had that scout. I think Purdue will that when Aiden Lawfrey is in the game, probably go more outside zone. But they just have not done a lot of outside zone because they don't have the burst to get the edge. And uh, I think Lawfrey at least showed that burst. So got four running backs that they feel like can play at least. Uh, it just can can they all combine together for another 200 yard game? That's what I'm uh, interested to see. Fett says even Fagan not scoring at the end. What the? That's not a killer mentality. That's an everybody gets a trophy mentality. Hated that. Ended up winning. That's what Brett Mewen was going to do. I would have rather scored the touchdown. Like that, that six, having six instead of seven to me, I would have scored that touchdown. I know FAU wanted to. That's why Fagan had that huge running lane. They're going to let him score, but I'd just rather be up 13 with 40-something seconds left. But that's me. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. It almost kind of feels like a, a kid maybe who overthought a little bit too. Like, okay, I know this is scenarios. Like, we're taught to go down. I didn't. I mean, it, it worked out okay, right? It would have taken a lot of chaos probably either way for for them to ultimately lose that game. I, it would have been cool for him to get in the end zone, but I, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Also, real quick, is Jordan Anderson the running back injured? Yes, he's out for the season with a his a ZACL torn ACL. What's up, Dom? How you doing, not man? Not well. Guys, we haven't played a complete game yet this season. Absolutely not. I don't think we're pretending otherwise. No. This team has not looked like – I said it at the beginning of the, the show. This team does not look like a no-doubt bull team, which is really concerning. And the only reason you have, based on what they've done so far, is you, you play in the Big Ten West and you got Indiana. Like, outside of Iowa and I think Maryland, like, those are the games that scare me right now, really, for this team. But Wisconsin's bubbling. They're, they're a team yeah. that could be scary by the time they circle up. But I think Minnesota – beat you by two touchdowns right now with the way you're playing. I, I, that's, a, that's a team that doesn't beat itself. It's not sexy whatsoever, but they're play, they just play good football, kind of like Illinois did last year. Uh, we know what Iowa does. Um, you know, next two weeks are huge for this team. Purdue, and Purdue has an extra day of rest. They know you really, really well, their personnel. And then they're not a very good football team. I'll say that. Their defense isn't very good, but your offense isn't very good right now. Um, and then they have a running quarterback in Hudson Card who can really make plays. Nebraska, you got to beat at home on a Friday night. Uh, but that's a quick turnaround uh, for, for you and, and for them. But still, like, these are two monster games coming up for Illinois. Yeah, because you can really position yourself well in these next two weeks, knowing you still got Indiana, you still got Northwestern sitting on the schedule. Also, you got that trip to Maryland uh, coming up right after Nebraska, right? That's not the bye, mm-hmm. the bye week after Maryland, I want to say. Yep. Going the end of October. So, yeah, you, you can position yourself well, but uh, I, 
you know, can I go back really quick? Like the, one, the thing that Brett Bielema, Isaac asked is the most notable thing. The more I think about it, and this conversation has gotten me to that point, nothing's going to be pretty. What was a, a rough draft, uh, you know, kind of a, a paraphrase of what he said. That might be it. Like that might be the best way to summarize where this is. is it's not going to be very pretty for, for this team. It, it doesn't appear unless something changes over the course of the next two, three weeks. Which is fine. You just got to stop beating yourself. Which right. Yeah. Penalties. Like that last year wasn't all that pretty, to be honest with you. Until the end of the season, they didn't beat themselves. They just continue to beat themselves in these uh, games. Great question by Fedigator. Over under six and a half wins at this point. I scream, take the over early in the season. I would not bet. <laughs> it's and a right good now, number. It's a good number. Right, right now, I'd probably go under. Yeah, so the two and two. And if they play like this, if they play sure, like the first four sure. games. But I, I think they'll get better, but they, they haven't gotten a ton better in four games. No, I think the schedule, I mean, as we talked about what, what's out there, you, you would think, as we sit now, that you would have two with Indiana and Northwestern coming up. So do you have two more to get to six, three more really to get to seven? I'd probably take the under. Nebraska. I, I still think it's a bowl. I still think it's a bowl team, though. I still think it's a six-win team. Yeah, I would I would go six, like six and six probably a projection projection right now. If they win the next two, you feel a heck of a lot better. Um, oh, yeah. Purdue's massive. It's just a unbelievably massive game for Illinois right now. Um just going through you got any more from Dom? <sighs> yeah. We've got to get better in the transfer portal. I'm watching these other teams in college football and their offense is like from the nineties compared to Washington and Oregon. We're not even close. Well, I mean, yeah. you don't get a new playbook in the transfer portal. You get more talent, but listen, they had 500 yards today. They had two deep passes to Isaiah Williams open that Altmaier just kind of overthrew. I thought there were some good concepts here today. Like, I, I don't know how you look at those concepts and see those downfield opportunities. Like, I get it. The first couple of weeks, some of them haven't been there. Your line's got to be better. Your playmakers got to get better. If you want to play at that level, like. Oregon's been recruiting really well for a long time. Washington or Chris Peterson and the last couple of coaches, like they've, they've been recruiting pretty well. Got to continue to stack those classes, man. And, um, you know, defense, they got to continue to get ta- more talent. But that's why it was kind of encouraging what we saw from the freshmen today is you see that raw talent, even if they don't know where to be all the time. Yeah, I think if you want to stand up and scream transfer portal, which is fine. We talked about this on Thursday, Jeremy. I think you look in the trenches. You look at replacing your two-star defensive linemen, you, you – should you explore an offensive lineman? What did, what did I rank? Portal? What did I rank one and two transfer portal needs in in the recruiting lounge the other day? Defensive line and offensive line. Like that's what wins. Like you got. I, I agree. Yeah. All right, you got anything else, Joey? Before we get out of here, uh, Jasmine says Brandon Henson or Henderson is the answer. He can't be worse, and you build for the future. Illinois, Illinois is he did he. Got did, I think Illinois is about done with the you can't be worse. Like, especially when you're talking a true freshman offensive lineman. Like, here's the thing I will say, and, and we stand down there. There's always recruits we're, we're down there talking to. We're watching warm ups. Brandon Henderson is a large man. Like, that is what NFL players look like when they're 18 years old coming in here. I think he has got a very, very high future. I think that future starts in total next year at left tackle. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that I would stand here right now and say an 18-year-old is the answer on the offensive line. Illinois played that game in recent memory, even though I think Brandon Henderson is more talented right now and, and probably more physically there than like an Alex Palczewski was at, at 17. 
but I, I just don't know that putting your holding, hanging your hat on a, a freshman offensive lineman to come in and fix all of your woes is, is the right approach or the best approach. I agree with you. Um, let's wrap this up with this. Chris, if Purdue beats us this year, must really question the coaching staff. I think we do a fine job of questioning certain things about the coaching staff, but I will say this, Joey. It's a monster week for both coaching staffs. You already see Purdue fans like, oh, what's going on here with, with one and three start? Uh, and really the defense is struggling incredibly for them. They, they turn it over a lot. Um, they had a tough job taking over from Jeff Brown, who was a good coach. I, I know some things weren't always pretty there uh, inside the program, but he was a really good coach. Um, so they want to get back on the board. They want to beat Brett Bielema and his former staff, getting a lot of recruiting battles here. And Illinois certainly doesn't want the protege uh, to, to beat you know, the teacher here in, in Brett Bielema. So uh, rivalry game, man, and it's been amped up with Ryan Walters and a bunch of Illinois staff members on that side. Yeah, it's a huge game. I, when we say question the coaching staff, what do we mean here? Because, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, we question things about, like, are we talking like a big picture in totality? Is this the right staff? Because I don't think that's fair to do after one game, but I think there are things to question if they lose that game, right? I, so I don't, I don't know. I guess it's, I it's about momentum. It's about, pro, it's about program momentum. And this is a big year to, to sustain that stuff, right? We've talked about it all the time. So I, I get what they're saying is for, I think, fans questioning the staff of are they the ones to get it done, to sustain success. Let's be, I, I think that's fair. Like your, your job now is to beat Big Ten teams. And but like, I guess my thing is like, so after the like the Purdue game is the one that we circle like this. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's all, like, it's all of them. Like it's it's totality, them. right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's all these Big Ten games, and that's we'll look at it at the end of the season. I don't think one game determines that stuff, but sure. I mean, fans fans are questioning the staff. Like we have questions about certain things, but fans question the staff after every play. Um, so I'm not, I, I think next week's a big game, though. Like if you no, want to make, no if you want to make a bowl game and sustain success, I think next week is crucial for that. There's no doubt, and it also builds a little. Like for the first time this season, you have a chance to build some momentum with back-to-back wins and going on the road and getting a Big Ten win. Like you can really start to ideally build something if you can go over there and get that win. And, and look, you're, you're right, man. I, there's going to be some some bragging rights or, or recruiting bragging rights, however you want to look at it, on the line there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a big game. I don't want to minimize that. Uh, one of the last ones we'll do, Brad. Altmeyer needs to run the ball next weekend. Yeah, Purdue struggles to stop the quarterback run. <laughs> We've run that the last two weeks uh, against Syracuse and Garrett Schrader and um, Tanner Mordecai with a couple of rushing touchdowns. So that's certainly something they have struggled to stop. All right, that'll do for us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Illini Inquirer. Post game podcast live here on YouTube. Hit the like button on your way out. We really appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button if you don't subscribe to us already on YouTube and hit the notifications bell for any of our new videos. You can check out all the post game. Joy Wagner and I got a long night ahead of us uh, writing, but uh, looking forward to writing some of the stuff that we have from the post game and some of our takeaways after this. And check it all out at Align Inquirer. Thanks for listening to the Align Inquirer podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us, rate us, review us wherever. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast.